it's hard for me to be in far away from my family, especially, I mean, from my mom, who we are quite close together. And yes, I probably would leave Odessa, but I will go to my uh, village where they are because it's somehow easier for me to be around here, even if it's dangerous. And I mean, more dangerous in Ukraine than to be somewhere else. But what they are doing right now, uh, my father brought all the guns he has at home. So he, even, I mean, they still save, they actually prepare. Привіт. Mariana is back. And uh, Mariana, is, where are you at the moment? I'm in Germany right now. I arrived here one week before, before the war. It's even hard to say. Uh, but yeah, I was here one week before. Uh, my idea was to go ski to Austria. So actually, uh, I didn't plan to stay here. And I have to be home in Odessa on uh, March 4th. March 4th. Uh, you're supposed to be home because obviously yeah. we're, we're filming this on the 17th day of the invasion, the new invasion of Ukraine by Russia. So it's actually the 12th of March. So a week ago, you're already supposed to be uh, back in, in Ukraine, Odessa. in Odessa. Yeah, so tragic. Uh, so you were not in the country, so you didn't actually have to flee, but you were in Austria or where are you now? No, I, I was in Germany. I just arrived to Germany and I spent here a couple of days and planned to go to Austria. But of course, uh, with uh, all the news I woke up, there was no ski anymore and nothing because I woke up with a message, where are you? We get bombed. So wow. all your life completely turn around because all my family, all my friends, all my life is in Ukraine. And I feel actually horrible because I'm not there. I'm not with my family at the moment because nobody expects this. We expect something from Putin, but we personally me and we talk with you, we didn't expect that it's going to be so open, like so crazy. Uh, is that really what we said on camera in my interview with you? <laughs> I, I said <laughs> no, we were talking idea, like... I think if I, if I remember, and it is it has proven to be a big strategic mistake already. Uh, but anyways, he's gone and done that. It didn't make much sense for him to do what he did, but uh, that's the new reality we're in. So it seems like you're, you're suffering from, I guess, survivor's guilt to a certain extent because uh, you were outside of Ukraine when the war started, the new invasion started, and your family is not, your family is back there. Uh, how have you been coping and how have they been coping? Mm. Uh, for me, it was, like I said, it was a disaster only because I'm not there. So it's, you feel like guilty not being there, but I realized that everybody escaping because it's hard. It's, uh, you can't judge people who live in uh, because you are not in that situation. So we can't judge anybody who is living because there is some information in internet, like you have to be home and protect, but I, I don't know, but personally me, I want to go home. I want to go to my family, but what makes me, uh, what stopped me actually at the moment, because I know my family today at the moment, they are safe. Only that reason I know that they are safe. I'm kind of um, calm down and I'm trying to help people here because a lot of Ukrainians come to Poland and then they go to Germany and uh, Germany currently uh, has um, I don't know, like 1 million Ukrainian people, I don't know, but we're trying to help them here to find a place to stay, uh, giving a hotel, giving some medical help and a minimum, I don't know, some, uh, some money to survive. So currently I'm just doing this, just to not read the news 24 hours because it just, I don't know, make me crazy of this unfairness.
Yeah, clearly. Um, well, I am reading the news 24-7, basically, except for when I'm sleeping. It's, uh, it's tough going, and that's why I haven't maybe produced uh, as many videos as I would have liked to, because I'm basically working nonstop. But actually keeping up with everything is pretty taxing and pretty exhausting after 17 days, so I understand that entirely. Uh, in Germany, uh, what, what, what have you been, how have you been helping on a practical level, and you know, what has the response been in Germany, you feel? Has it been good? Has it been sufficient? Is there more people do? How could people maybe who are in Germany watching this also contribute to helping the refugees who come from Ukraine? Um, first couple of days, uh, like 2026, 20, I guess, started or 27, uh, there was just some volunteering, um, like in the church, we just get some stuff, collected some uh, clothes, some food, and was sending to the border with Ukraine. Uh, then a couple of day, a couple days later, a city organized an info point for Ukrainian people and on a train station. So um, how I start helping only because I know personally people who worked for the city and they ask if I can I be a translator and of course I, I'm happy to help just to do at least something to not uh, get in uh, angry with the news uh, 24 hours so yeah uh, there is a welcome point in a train station which works 24 hours so everybody who needs the help they can come and they will get free food free place to stay and they can re um, register it for future help and also for some, uh, I don't know, like um, permission to stay in Germany, in all European Union longer than uh, like from one to up to three years. Exactly. And the video I did yesterday, I filmed yesterday with Mike, who's an American, his wife is Ukrainian. They have fled from Chernihiv. And yeah, I ran through exactly the legal process. You get one year initially as a resident in the European Union, and that's extendable twice by six months so that's up to two years and there's another law that i think still has to be promulgated but it will it's for yeah, in one, third two year. Yeah, that's, in one or two weeks that's what they say that because we don't have a refugee status we don't have it yep. but they're going to be probably something new for us but it's not clear yet but so far country country helping only with um, money this place to stay and with some medical treatment if you need uh, but being still in a status of a tourist so people don't have to worry about, oh my God, we are refugee, we can't go anywhere, we have to stay in one apartment, 24 hours, no. We are totally free to, to move wherever we want without any restriction at the moment. Yeah, basically within, within the country you're in, my understanding was that you'd have to, um, you couldn't travel unlimited to the rest of the European Union, you had to spend most of the time basically in the country that you, you claim residency. But, yeah, maybe that's going to change. That was my understanding when I looked at the European Commission's website. Actually, I'll link it down below in the description to this video. Exactly. If anyone who's watching this is interested, if the viewers there are interested, they have they know someone who's Ukrainian or they are Ukrainian themselves, so they can just see what the rules are. But definitely they've created this different status for mm -hmm. Ukrainians compared to the normal uh, refugee law, which has been very helpful and that's been done very quickly. I think that was a surprise. Uh, normally especially for, for Germany. <laughs> Yes, exactly. But it was made on a European level, on an EU level. So there has been a rapid response. Actually, the UK, uh, which is not in the European Union anymore, has been dragging its heels about uh, giving visas. I also mentioned that in yesterday's video. So that's still because I have a friend who's trying to get his, uh, his partner and uh, child to the UK where he is. And uh, that's proved to be very difficult because they have to go to the procedure of getting a visa and whatnot, right, uh, to get over there because otherwise they'd have to try and just show up. I claim refugee status, which is a bit more complicated. Anyways, 
Uh, at the moment, you're in Germany. And you know what, what is your family's attitude? Your family is currently in a, a place that is not under occupation, that is not under Russian occupation, that is not being yes, hit directly. Um, How are they feeling and what are their plans you know, going forward? So I have quite my parents, my mom and my dad, they're quite um, strong, let's say. So, um, of course, we realize, we understand that they are in a much better situation than people, for example, in Kharkov or Mariupol. Uh, so at the moment, they're in a small city, village, where it's, let's say, quite far from the attack. Uh, until they are okay, they're still, even, uh, I mean, like mentally, they're still handling this. Uh, they realize all what's going on, but they don't want to leave. Even I said, mom, it's probably safe at the moment, but maybe later it's going to be hard and more difficult. But of course, people who are there around 60, they can't imagine them life somewhere else. For them, it's difficult to take the decision and to leave. If they spend all life in a small land, small village, for them, it's gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare just to go somewhere else, especially when they don't have an emergency to do it right now. Uh, Fair enough. So, so, so your parents are, are feeling like, well, since the war hasn't come to their town yet, uh, you know, trying to relocate and leave everything behind is too maybe uh, a difficult emotional decision to make that they're still too adjust. And I've seen that. I mean, if that's the case, it's something I've seen quite a lot in the interviews with uh, many people who fled from Irpin and Bucha and Kharkiv uh, and other cities that are on under devastating attack, basically, like World War II siege, uh, you know, just indiscriminate bombing. And they didn't want to leave because everything was there, even though obviously they knew that there was danger. But until it hit their town in such a savage and brutal way, they weren't prepared to leave. And now they've got they've had to leave everything behind and sometimes family members who just were obstinate, who are older, who just like don't want to leave no matter what happens, they're going to stay. And uh, yeah, also my girlfriend's uh, in her hometown, it has been attacked, um, but at the moment they have not occupied the town. So all her friends and you know relatives, they don't want to leave, even though the, the Russian soldiers are outside the town because they still have this emotional attachment to their things. They, they, they will leave, I guess, if they occupy it and they can still get out or if it's under no, heavy bombardment. Um, if I wouldn't be in here before, probably I wouldn't leave also till the moment I have to leave because it's hard for me to be in far away from my family, especially I mean from my mom, who we are quite close together. And yes, I probably would leave Odessa, but I will go to my uh, village where they are because it's somehow easier for me to be around here even is dangerous. And I mean, more dangerous in Ukraine than to be somewhere else. But what they are doing right now, uh, my father brought all the guns he has at home. So he, even, I mean, they still safe, they actually prepared. My mom made a basement, some kind of, to, to stay there more comfortable for a couple of days. And my father signed uh, uh, like, a, I don't know, a city protection, uh, like just to volunteering for city. And my mom going to help with, uh, I don't know, with some volunteering with food and some, uh, um, to create some tents for, for tank. That's what they're doing, at least something, because they also like, they don't go to work, but they're also in the news and it's hard to handle it. And they also want to be helpful. 
for other city who needs more uh, of help at least at least right now um and yeah my my i don't know i'm not there but more i am outside more i want to be back for sure just to be around them okay so your your parents are basically arming themselves and getting prepared for a potential russian assault on the place that they're in at the moment at what point would you consider going back what what would have to what conditions I, would need to change uh two things can change i think if they really will be in a danger probably it will be stupid to go back but i it will be impossible for me to to sleep so if i'm gonna feel that they are in danger i i want to be back i don't know how can i help but it will be my decision or second if it is little bill if as soon it's chill out at least bombing and i know that i can get from poland or from moldova by car by myself to my place i'm gonna do it uh because even here in germany i can also apply uh, for this uh, i don't know future status or whatever uh i didn't do anything yet and i don't want to do anything because we can stay here till uh before 90 days now we can stay 180 days without any any status like a tourist and i don't want to do anything because my idea i'm sure 100 as soon it will be a little bit not as hot as right as right now i will be back no no doubts at all yeah, that's something I've heard from most of my other Ukrainian friends who evacuated is that they're planning to go back the first opportunity they get. They, they're not um, they're not seeing it as an opportunity to immigrate. Obviously, you can stay in Germany and, and probably spend the next three day, three years there, but that isn't the overriding sentiment that I've heard from people. It's like they really want to get back to Ukraine as soon as possible. Uh, so, yeah. That's the difference between, between people. You know, people who traveled before. I didn't have any problems to travel before, so I'm not desperate. I don't want to stay here. It's okay to visit for a couple of weeks any other country, but I want to live in Ukraine. But another thing, I, I understand people who lost everything. Yes, they don't they don't have anything. I see on a train station, people come with one jacket and without any uh, bags because they don't wow. have it home anymore. Yes, they need place to stay. It's no no comments, no no question. But people who actually not into trouble, they might just use the situation to get the as much as they can from other country. You know, uh, so it's totally different people. But me, as many other people who was traveling, they're not desperate about. It. And last thing, what I want to do is to spend my life in Germany or I don't know any other country. <laughs> I especially Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be back to Odessa, and I mean, people who know me, I guess they they know this, but I'm just telling you that I'm gonna do my best to continue promoting Odessa as I did before and promoting Ukraine because it's amazing country, and I guess now all world can see where is the strongest army right now. Nobody expecting this that we're gonna handle more than two days. Exactly, most uh, analysts seem to give Ukraine at the most three days, and I think that was. Probably the plan from Russia as well, and now we're into day 17. So, for people who don't know, because I didn't actually introduce you at the beginning, Mariana, because most people watch my channel already know who you are. Uh, you were running a service for people who were visiting Ukraine, also, you know, basically foreigners who want to come to Ukraine and spend a few months. And uh, you're the Odessa travel girl, adventure girl, adventure girl. Yes, not a travel girl. <laughs> That's a different kind yes. of thing, but adventure girl, adventure. 
uh, girl. It's going to be a lot up. of adventure after. Yes. Even more. Yes, tours, tours to the war zone. <laughs> yes, to the uh, barricades in the center of Odessa. Uh, you know, these images of Odessa with sandbags, soldiers patrolling to defend the city, um, putting them around the major landmarks of the city in order to protect them in case they're, they would be damaged in bombing or in an assault on the city. It's just reminiscent of 1940 and the siege of Odessa when uh, Nazi Germany and Romania invaded uh, the Soviet Union at the time and, and obviously took the city. Uh, and Odessa became a hero city then. So far, the city has not been extensively damaged, um, unlike other yes. cities like Kharkiv. Mariupol is, you know, looks terrible mm -hmm. the situation. Parts of Kiev, Chernihiv, where Mike was from in the interview yesterday, horrendous Sumy, uh, and they've already started bombing uh, last night, Dnipro. You know, I didn't. I think just to maybe round off this interview, just the level of vandalism, because we're dealing with like visit Ukraine and come live in Ukraine. Uh -huh. You know, you, the country had made so much progress in terms of infrastructure after being neglected for the first say twenty five years of independence, the last like five, say, well, say since the Euromaidan revolution or a couple of years after that, they started really investing a lot in the infrastructure, better roads, bridges, um, and general city infrastructure. And, you know, I used to say that you could get basically the same quality of life for a fraction of the price in, in Ukraine because they have made so much progress. And it's just, a, um, yeah, it's just terrible to see the level of vandalism because a lot of it, that's basically what it is. Um, that's occurring, smashing up and destroying so much of the progress that's been made in those cities, like Chernihiv, they invested so much in making the city beautiful, all those beautiful parks I walked through in Kharkiv, the city center looks just like completely bombed up at the moment. Uh, it's just like crazy to see, but Odessa is still for now okay, and hopefully there will be still a business for uh, for Odessa, as soon as it's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to be a business because yes, even for Kharkiv uh, and uh, Mariupol, like Cherkasy city, being totally collapsed, we're gonna, I'm sure, hundred percent as soon as over, people uh, will rebuild city as fast as they never did before because all the world knows about Ukraine. I know it will be a lot of support and people in Ukraine are never, never been so together as they are right now, because we hate all what's connected with Putin so much for these 80 years. So we're gonna fight back till we die because there is not any other solution. No, we will never give up. Honestly, we will never give up for this asshole. And we just dreaming when he was finally get burned in hell, but people gonna rebuild the country very quickly, I'm sure. So I'm actually not to worry about the cities. Of course, I'm worried about people who are right now in a basement and just dying without food and water. That's a main problem at the moment. But after, I guess Ukraine will grow. We, we grow as, as actually it was growing for last five, 10 years. That's why Putin hates us because he see that we can be so independent and so happy and it can't, he can't, I don't know, live with this, uh, I guess, uh, rest of his life. That's why he just needs to destroy us. But he will not destroy the people. He can destroy city, but not us. That's a main point. Here, here. Uh, I think that's a great way to sum up our video, Mariana. So I'll, I'll obviously put a link every, to your, your social media down below in the description to the video. And people should hit you up for the return to Odessa, for the return to Ukraine. Uh, and Adventure Girl will live on, and uh, I'm looking forward to making a video together again.
once people get back to Ukraine after this war is done. That's my dream, actually, and to have less debt and happy life, free life in Ukraine. Can't say happy, but at least just our free lands. That's all what we need, just free land, nothing else. Agreed. Slava Ukraini. Heroem Slava, smert Varoham. Okay. Dopovachna. And we will catch up in the next video. Hopefully we'll be doing it together in Odessa, Mama. In Odessa. No doubt we're going to do it in the free land of Ukraine. Sar Experience.